Hello and welcome to Do The Right Thing, your weekly writing prompt podcast. I'm Alexandra. And I'm Jarvis. Jarvis and I were aspiring writers with one simple and very common problem. We never actually took the time to sit down and write. Uh-huh. So to solve this issue, we are issuing a challenge. Each week we sit down and write a complete short story using three of four randomly generated words. Then we come on the podcast, we read a story, we talk about what we learned in reading it, and then we talk about the rest of the stories sent in by you wonderful listeners. Exacto mundo! We're simply here to help you do the right thing. A, a doof, doof media, media production. production. Uh, fantastic. Uh, Jarvis, what were the words and who are we reading? Yeah, so the words for this week were... Copy, Countryside, Wheat and fun. And the story we are going to be reading and talking about this this week is by Corona Polentia with Choose Your Own. Yeah. Um, so this is a bit of a long story, uh, but mm-hmm. uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And um, uh, yeah, let's let I'll just uh, get into it. So this is Choose Your Own by Corona Polentia. I open my eyes, post-smoothing haze rippling across my vision and kicking up sparks on my imaginary retinas. I'm somewhere new. Blue. Blue, a sky like a flat-screen test channel hammering against me. I can feel the soft squish of loam on my bare shoulders, the scratch of little rocks and stubbly weeds down my back and across my thighs, calves, toes. Good. Everything intact. I shift my head fractionally and take in the stalks of wheat. She'll be here, too. I stay quiet. I roll myself to my knees and crawl scurry low beneath the eyeline. There's no telling what she's already found if she recovered faster. I don't know this countryside, but then neither should she. It's a random seed. Subjective three months ago, the night city was cold and pounding with rain. I had on a shitty dollar store raincoat, the kind that's barely more than a sheet of plastic with some holes in a zipper, but the puddles and the spray kicked up under the bottom edge of it so I was damp everywhere and soaked from toes to ribcage. Some rich shithead from the vice had bought out my lease, and nowhere was renting. Not my price range, anyway. I was walking until I found something better to do. I had the savings in my shoe, and I could feel the chip pressing into my foot with every step. Use me, it demanded. That's when I saw the indent place. I'd avoided them for 19 years, and had been absolute fucking hell. Most parents in the North End would scrounge their way to get their kid one as soon as they were old enough not to go irredeemably crazy from it. Kids came out of them different. Scary, fast, clever, eyes quick and haunted. They could grind out a task for hours, huck together answers from scraps, move like they were hunting something or being hunted. Nobody remembered what happened in there with a cocktail of memory drugs they sank into you. Corpse loved them. Excellent workers. They'd snapped up Amanda three days after hers. The indent made you palatable, even rats like me. The countryside. I'm naked and crawling beneath the wheat, ears as sharp as I can make them, eyes flickering through the bases of the stalks and the dirt. I still don't dare stand up to get a look at the landscape. There's been a theme this past week. Things hidden, pieces scattered, DIY weaponry. Light flashes off a long, tapering bit of metal, half buried in the ground, and I crawl over, yank it free, hold it in my teeth. I keep crawling. This isn't the advantage I need, but it'll help. I keep going, following the outline of the field until it comes to a muddy ditch, free across a narrow band of open ground. I hold myself there in the loam, wary. She could be waiting, looking down the line. She could have something more lethal than a foot-long spar of titanium. A minute passes. I listen carefully. Nothing. Fuck it. 
I scramble forward, head whipping left and right, staring down the empty for any clue. I nearly scream when I see the whitewashed house out of the corner of my eye, so close I feel stupid for not looking earlier. And then I'm rolling into the ditch with as much grace as I can, trying not to stab myself. The house. Places like that are full of the good stuff. I almost died a week ago when I stayed back too long. It had been a cabin in a frozen forest then. She got in there after me, but went right in when I hesitated. I'd come too close to bleeding out when she shot me with the crossbow she found there. I run hunched over, shiv in hand, fingers finding the places to grip, edge biting my palm without cutting. Better for gouging than stabbing or slicing, I figure. The ditch approaches the house by 15 feet or so, and when I get there, I launch myself up the side, head swaying back and forth. Nothing. Just the house. It's a two-story farmhouse, siding worn by wind and dust. The roof badly needs shingles. Sanctuary. Or maybe a death trap. I can't afford to stay out. I wrench open the door and lunge in, weapon already sweeping out toward the place I'd be if I were relying in wait. It's dark and dusty in the entryway. My hand sweeps through empty air and I pivot smoothly, shutting the door behind me with a gentle click. Nobody here. Just some old benches. I creep through the house and am relieved to find it empty. The dining room has a single chair by a single large table, both with legs notched with knife marks. The kitchen's cupboards are all empty, a dark spot on the wall where a fridge once kept the pink wallpaper from bleaching in the light. I find the prize in the attic. A long knife, almost a sword, blade carbon black and rubbery grip, jammed four inches into a rafter so the light through the window silhouettes it. This is what I'll kill her with. I can wait here. I go back downstairs and set myself up in the front hall. I swung for the spot when I came in, but that doesn't mean it's a bad spot. She probably doesn't think like I do. Or at least, not exactly like I do. We've all got similarities. Fewer now than ever before. I suppose that's the point of this fucking thing. I think I've been crouching there for 20 minutes when I hear the scream and the splash. It's a bright, high yelp and a slap of flesh on water. I visited a pool once as a kid. Mom saved up and we went in together wearing our sturdiest underwear. Nobody there would come near me, but they couldn't kick us out. It was still one of the best days of my life. They had diving boards in tiers, great white arcs reaching up to leap from, and I went for the tallest one right away. I stood up there, the huge blue rectangle of the pool spread beneath me, the rich kids in their brightly colored swimsuits splashing around or lounging under heat lamps looking the size of crumbs. I had taken it all in, all that little world down there, and then I ran, and I jumped. There was a moment, before I fell, where I floated. Freefall. Forces cancelled out, nothing but air and light around me, and then... down. Splash. I remember the sound so clearly. I find my copy, floating in the irrigation pond behind the house, naked as I am, face up in the pool. Her eyes are closed. Her hair floats around her, catching the light around her head. She must be dead. But I'm still here, so she isn't. It must be a trap. I creep forward, duck down, slip into the wheat, and prepare to wait. My hands tremble on the grip of my knife. What the fuck is she doing? She lies there for five minutes more. I feel myself shaking harder, stress building and nothing to do with it. This is wrong. Something is wrong. I scan the surroundings. There's a big, packed earth berm against the pond, and I can see the muddy footprint at the top. That must be where she jumped in from. There are short reeds in the mud around the vast rectangular footprint of the muddy pool, but they don't seem disturbed. All of a sudden, she shifts. 
I snap my eyes to her, heart speeding to a rattle, fingers burning with a spasm of adrenaline. She's... She's just treading water now. Clumsily. Just her face is visible above the surface now, coated with strands of hair. She moves slowly toward my hiding place, and I prepare to fight. But she's just finding footing in the mud. She takes a deep breath, then disappears beneath the surface. When she comes back up, her hair has been arranged back out of her face. Only then does she look around, and she speaks. Sam? asks my copy, in my voice, in my inflection. The shock slams through my system again. I'm not surprised at the voice, but she wants to talk. That hasn't happened in weeks. We all understand the stakes now. I'm silent. Please, Sam, she says. I know you're there. I, I want a truce. I can offer you terms. I'm in the water. I can't hurt you. I stay silent. Please, she says. I know that note of desperation. Fuck. I stay down. I stay hidden. She just keeps looking around. I open my mouth. Nothing comes out. I try again. What the hell do you want? I snarl. Deliberately, she turns away from my hiding spot, avoiding pinpointing me. I'm really tired. Please. You must be too, right? I'll let you win this one. I just want to talk to someone, even if it's all in my head. Why? Why would you do that? You... You know you're not getting out alive, right? I'm gonna have to... Have to kill you. We're all the same person, my copy says from the water. None of us die. That's not... My hand clenches. That's not fucking true. Only one of us gets to be her. Gets to be... Me. You know how that works. The indent. They put you into a comfortable chair and slide you backwards into the machine. You get things out of it. Skills, ruthlessness, less distraction from empathy. Amanda had had a head start climbing the corporate ladder. I cornered her into one conversation once she'd been indented. She had answered in monosyllables. Her eyes had darted around. She didn't remember anything she'd said. You can't upload a human consciousness, not exactly. You need a connection to the brain, to the patterns there. But you can manipulate those patterns, use a cocktail of drugs and electricity to make it imagine impossible things, speed it up, slow it down, fork the thoughts, try different parameters. I'd already forgotten whatever jargon they used to describe the indent. It sounded clean, scientific. The reality was nothing but. The indent made a hell and filled it with you. And whichever you climbed out, murder by murder, trial by trial, they got to be real again. And they'd remember none of it. They'd keep the instincts, the skills, the intuitions. They'd cruise through life like a shark in the shallows, floating on the shadow of the hell they'd escaped. I'd put this together a subjective month or so ago. Already two months into hell. My copy hasn't said anything for a few seconds. It drags on, and I realize with a start that she's... She's crying. Hey, I say. I find myself, bizarrely, wanting to comfort this woman. That I will have to murder. No, you're, you're right. We're all her. We'll all become part of her when this is over. She shakes her head. Water spraying around her with the jerkiness of the motion. We're going to be like Amanda, aren't we? <laughs> we already are. Any of us that have survived this far. We're being honed. She's right. I know she is. I was bitter before I walked into this indent shore, but I wasn't lethal. Not how these last months have taught me. Yeah, I say. And I want to finish the thought, but I can't bring anything to mind. She stands there in the pond for another minute, getting the tears under control. 
I try again. I'll take your terms, okay? I win this one, but we can talk. You can swim. She turns around and she's smiling in a mocking kind of way. Okay. Just okay? We aren't much for words. I guess, I say. I crawl out of the wheat, knife still in my hand. I sit down on the bank. I watch her. She hesitates and then strides out of the water. Her feet press into the muddy reeds and she makes her way up to the berm. The blue sky frames her, frames me, and she jumps. For a moment, her wet hair floats around her, weightless. And then she plunges downwards and smacks the water, sending white spray everywhere. A moment later, she comes up, gasping. I make up my mind, commit before I can second-guess myself. I jam the knife down into the mud and begin climbing the berm. The packed dirt is wreathed in roots and studded with stones, and I can feel them press into my soles as I climb. It's higher than I expected. Nothing like the pool, all those years ago, but still a drop of 15 feet or so. The brown rectangle of the irrigation pond frames me perfectly, and I see her down below, swimming with my body, clumsily paddling away from the deep water beneath the berm. She turns around and there's surprise in her eyes. I could say so much. How deep is it? I yell instead. You... You can just touch bottom, she calls back. It's fun. It's really worth it. Do you remember the... Yeah, I say. The pool. She floats there, and there's nothing more to say. I take a few steps, and I leap. There it is. That moment of weightlessness. And then the arc down, the fall, the touch of feet to surface... The world-encompassing concussion of white water that in an instant becomes a black beneath the muddy waters. I float downwards in the lukewarm dark, and my feet touch the mud. I stick there for a moment, buoyant in the water, lightless and invisible. In the end, it's up to us. One of us gets to be Sam. We get to choose. We can choose through knives and crossbows and hunter and hunted. Or we can choose like this. And I choose. So yeah, this is a really great, great story. And uh, thank you uh, uh, again for writing back in. I uh, know you said you took a little bit of a break. And I know it's really hard to um, get yourself writing when there's so much stuff going on. But thanks again for, uh, for writing in. And you brought us a story that has some great prose. Like I really love the 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 description, the the terms of phrase with uh, within it. Really does sort of built up this otherworldly place that um this this character is set in. And I also really do love the the concept of this character sort of that sort of battling for control with other copies of their their uh, their self um and i think it was a it was a really nice choice of sort of leaving the explanation for the the end you know uh, t- for us to really just be lost with this character for us to feel the the tension the the fear that this character has towards towards this uh, woman hunting them um and i think that the that the ex that the explanation at the end sort of really paints the rest of the piece in a different light. It being more so of this this character's brain being being hooked up to a system that is supposed to apparently teach them things or or change them, but no one really knows what happens inside of the brain during this uh, this time. So I enjoyed how we were able to see that. And also get hints at what the what the repercussions of this could be. So overall, it's it's a really solid story. Yeah, 
Yeah, there's just so many um, implications for this to be taken. Like, I know this is already a a long story, but I could see, Mm -hmm. like, another multiple pages just on, like... Yeah. Um, some of the consequences, like the the main one that we have here that we're we're exploring a bit is, um, this sort of idea of like pruning the selves. Uh, the way that I'm imagining that this works is that, um, uh, the way that I, I understood it was so like it it creates two copies of the self basically, and then pits them against each other, and then one of them kills the other, and then it takes that one and then splits them into two and does the same thing until you get to a really brutal version or or whatever right or, so or just, i guess the the true version i uh i suppose i don't know if true is um how well, i would I mean, put that, it yeah and i mean that's a that's a question that you know i was really thinking of while i was reading this you know because if it is pruning the the selves right uh to 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 what end, you know and like and, and like mm, exactly mm. what is what does this pruning process do for the person when they wake up? Like, are they still them, or are they mm. a sort of honed down and condensed version of who they are at, at the core? You know, or are they? Yeah, or are they like a changed version that wasn't really them in the mm-hmm. first place? Actually, so the um the whole like they don't remember thing, I actually found that super interesting because um you have the, these copies right that both feel like they are the original person right. And they're trying to stay alive, right? But yeah. by the end, since they all get forgotten, it's kind of like they all die, even the ones that win in the end, right? Because they yeah. lose all their memories. Um, and I just found that very interesting. Um, as like a side thing that I was just thinking about after it was over. It wasn't really something that was a, a focus in the story, but that that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I really like uh, the language in this too. It's so... <laughs> Speaking of though, uh, you mentioned the um, what is the like criteria and stuff of of how they're doing the pruning and stuff. I feel like that mm-hmm. is something I was wondering a little bit that that I felt I, I just wanted to just like a little bit more about of like so at the end here, um, mm-hmm. it's clear that the um, this copy is sort of making a choice about which one's going to live, and I think they're making the choice to let to basically kill themselves and let the other one win. Um, because that one is clearly like kinder or something, right? Yeah. Um, and I think that's a very important thing. I I, I really like that theme. Um, and just exploring that even more, I feel like would be fantastic. Um, like the fact that they are choosing to like be vulnerable, but also like, you know, the fact that they are willing to do that sacrifice. Um, it also makes them valuable in my opinion. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, and, and just all all those factors. But I uh, do want to say real real quick that a moment that is sort of similar to uh, what you are saying is is when um, we sort of step outside of the main scene, and then we uh, and then there's there's a bit about how the main character was sort of talking to someone else who's been in in Denton and showing how that there was a start change to that person. Um, and I feel like within that section would have been maybe a like nice moment to sort of do a compare and contrast showing us how they were versus mm. how they are now. Sure. Yeah. Um, because, um, especially when it comes to, to, to that person, it made me think that this process was solely negative because they seemed to be a harsher and more terse person afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot the like the exact verbiage, but I but I re but I re- I remember it saying something to where like she changed into a totally different person, and that like the the light was was taken from her or, or, or something. So that just like begs the 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 question of like so people go and go and get this done. For probably good means, but then what is the positive outcome since we've mm. already seen a, a negative one, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just wondering a little bit more about mechanics. And, and mechanics aren't really, like, that important, but, like, um, like how does this this machine choose uh when it when this when is it done you know and how how are these like copies like different from each other right 
Um, I'm, sometimes I'm wondering, like, I was wondering sometimes of, um, are they actually, like, different or are they just, like, the same copy that's just, like, made to just face trauma over and over, basically? Mm. Um, and, but, like, they are essentially the same in each instance. Um, I'm not sure, but... Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know either, but but this story does raise some really great, great, great questions, which I think is a a mixture of the effectiveness of of this concept and the pros that accompanies it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, overall, I I think that you know, if you do have more within this this world, I would love to see. Um, what else this uh, this world can uh, really bring? Because there are so many different facets that that you can really choose to focus on. Um, and yeah, I think that this concept and that and that this procedure itself has a lot of possibilities when it comes to themes and uh, and like uh, messages and just the overall purpose of what this story can say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um speaking of the the ending, um I I really liked uh just the notion of jumping into the water with their their selves and sort of that flashback uh being a connection. Um <clears throat> and um as uh one one commenter says, uh, I think it's Walker by Faith. Um I mm-hmm. definitely did think that oh, maybe this is actually a trap, right? Um, and that there, that would be the, the, the twist is that the other version does end up killing them. It ended up not feeling right for that to be the case. And I'm glad that it wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. but I did feel that fear a little bit and I feel that the main character probably did too, right. Of just like choosing to be, to trust, right. And that, that sort of being a scary thing. Um, yeah. and, uh, maybe just like a little bit more with that, uh, of, um, bringing that out into the light a little bit more of of, of how they are choosing to, to, to trust and, and, and such. Or maybe that is obvious enough. I don't know. Um, but regardless, I, I like that that theme. And uh, um, yeah, I'm wondering how does... How do they choose? Um, it, yeah. like how, how do you think that works? Do you think they like kill themselves or do you think they just sort of like concede and that's enough for the stimulation thing to end yeah i mean i was under the in the impression that by them conceding and choosing to to jump it was like both of their essences were probably combined uh, i'm assuming and then going into the main person the like unit right Mm -hmm. but i don't i didn't get any sense of it being a death because they did strike a deal but it could have been like a joint death. I don't know because because did we did we get a moment of when they woke up? No. Okay. So yeah, I feel that something like like that could possibly be stated stated obviously as soon as they do wake wake up. But I was under the the in impression that that moment was the acceptance of both sides of this this character. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like we've we've talked about, like, both versions of them have something valuable, right? Like, mm-hmm. the one that's swimming is a little bit more um, forward about trusting and, like, offering something. Um, but she's also, like, yeah, a little bit, like, weaker, too, because she's like, I don't even want to fight, right? I want to, yeah, I just don't want any violence at all. Um, while the other one is like desperate but also does do that that trust in the end maybe it does show that like kind of no matter which one wins um in this particular instance they still do both have like a seed of like goodness and 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 kindness in them both right um Mm -hmm. so like even though this process is ongoing and the main character uh copy in this one definitely feels like they are being turned into something more brutal um they still have yeah that that seed of goodness in them yeah yeah so yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to see where where this story keep, keeps keeps going. If you do choose to to work on 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 this one, but either way, thank you very much to uh, Corona Polent Corona Polentia for sending us your story. Yeah, 
Um, I, I really like the, the language in here all the way through, um, especially those moments that it kind of just like slows down for a second, right? Um, uh-huh. Like, uh, yeah, jumping into the water, the, the weightlessness, um, I think is a really important one. Um, and uh, in the beginning, you definitely feel that desperation, even through just how they're describing things. It's just so careful. There's a lot of... Uh, flitting around and and checking surroundings and stuff and you can definitely see that they are very much on edge um but yeah as the language gets to the end and it slows down you definitely can tell a difference in the the psyche of the main character Mm -hmm. definitely definitely yes i wonder how Um, long they've been in the machine because it says that they've been in subjective two months ago in this hell um and i'm wondering like how long is each like instance of murder right like I don't think yeah. it's might not be like a whole day, right? Like they've probably been it, in this. It could, it could be in a couple seconds. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It feels like this one might be like maximum like an hour or something, right? Yeah. Um. And so does that mean that like they've murdered each other? They've murdered themselves however many times, however many hours there are in sixty days. That's a lot. Um, Oof. yeah, and I, I wonder <laughs> yeah. how many, uh, how many seconds that is in, in real life. Within, yeah, yeah, within, within, uh, however long they've, they've, they've been there. I mean, yeah, that's a, that's a good, good question. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, based off of my prior knowledge of sci-fi, I could say, it, I could say anywhere from two seconds to 2000 <laughs> years. Yeah, basically. Um, and the the last thing that it just it struck me is something that's more of a focus in in the first half of it as we get into sort of um, the circumstances of how um, this main character is kind of doing this out of desperation to fit the workforce, right? They're in this mm, world yeah. that uh, treats them as like an underclass, that they are like not worth anything. We open with them like being in the rain with a dollar store raincoat in this garbage and they're totally still like soaking wet um, despite wearing it. Um, and they, yeah, they, they go into this machine just so that they can like get hired and start like working and stuff. Right. And like be able to live a life. Right. Except through this process, they kind of like lose like themselves. Yeah. And, and the desire to like be alive basically, um, and to be able to enjoy life. And I, I think that's really, really interesting. Just the way that this sort of this, this world that we, live in is so alien and we're we're subject to these gigantic forces of corporations that like no one's actually responsible for and they Mm -hmm. we have to like break ourselves down to be able to fit ourselves as as cogs um yeah it's really it's fucked up (laughs) and i think this is a great way of pointing that out yeah it's real fucked up and yeah i think that this story is i guess working to explain that that answer um Mm -hmm. but overall really really great job uh uh well all right it's high time rolling into our listener submitted story section um and the first story we are going to be talking about this week is by excalibur with an untitled um story (laughs) story yes um yeah yeah, it's a a poem i'll go ahead and yes i'll go ahead and read it um so it goes a knoll's cold crown these climbing kids shall claim to find some fun and shout with friends they fly and fall on sheds from height to field and copied calls this country fill um so i, I the ectalburn talks in a comment that um i'll just read that too um it was again supposed to be an english interpretation of the classical elegy which is a poem composed of elegiac couplets uh, but mm-hmm. they miscounted the number of feet, so they have five and four instead of six and five. Um, and they shifted from three-syllable feet to two syllables, which made the meter easier and, in their opinion, sounds better. And there's a lot of alliteration in this poem, and this time it's long enough to show the pattern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, well, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. Um, I'm not terribly versed in... Uh, poem math ma- mathematics um <laughs> but uh i think that this story really does sort of bring across a feeling to it um especially within the the um the um wordage how we're 
the five fun yeah how it's this sort of like vibe this sort of like vibrant life on the countryside is is kind of what i'm getting these sort of cold knolls um shouting friends of fun uh and uh copy calls this this uh, country fill um yeah it just at least for myself it reminds me a lot of my um great granny's farm yo okay interesting Mm -hmm. why um, it's, it'd be, well, because this, this farm is surrounded by these, by these huge hills. It's surrounded by, uh, people that are, that are just down the upstreet. Everyone seems to be having fun, shouting, laughing, and, 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 and loving. Even with this cool breeze throughout the, uh, country, uh, throughout the country air. And I'm, and when I was reading this, I got a lot of that, a, a lot of that sort of like slowed, easy life from this piece. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely like a nice feeling thing. And um, I think Excalibur definitely did a good job with the um, meter. It definitely sounds nice uh, to find some fun and shout with friends. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, feels right. Well, cool. Is there, is there anything else you want to say on this one before we move on? No, uh, but I think it's a good exercise in meter and alliteration. Well, all right. Uh, also, for a quick, uh, I guess, pause, just just Dan eight four six zero asked us a, a question in the comments. First and foremost, I want to say thank you so much for everyone who is leaving comments and you know going going back and forth. It's it's, it's really good to see a actual discussion in this uh, comment section. Um, but Justan8460 asked, what type of uh, literature do you enjoy reading the most? And is it the same type which you find yourself writing? So yeah. I will pose that question to you first. Uh, yeah. Um, well, there was some, some really great discussion here. People talking about their own um, things. I think just generally our community has a lot of folks on fiction and, and sci-fi fantasy. Um, and I definitely uh, fit that too. I definitely read a lot of sci-fi fantasy and stuff um and i think that's what i end up writing the most too i feel like it's not actually what i'm best at writing at um as i've sort of like we've mentioned on a couple of podcasts recently of like there are a lot of things i think about and a lot of themes that i i think about and stuff and sometimes when i go to write instead of focusing on those things that i actually like are emotionally important to me i just kind of write genre and just sort of mm-hmm. write like a aesthetic rather than like the things that are actually meaningful um and i think part of that is just coming from me just like mimicking the things that i read as just like oh this is what i write because this is what stories are um and i think that's a that's a mistake i make uh actually mm, i see i see okay okay um i'll say i'm in a similar boat I read a good amount of um, sci-fi fantasy. Uh, that's definitely the, the genre that I enjoy reading the most because, I mean, not only is it uh, statically pleasing, but I do find that a lot of great concepts and um, themes come, come out of that. But what I've actually found myself writing the most is, like, non-fiction flash pieces, Um because I don't know, I, I find that that's not only quicker to uh, write because it's only about seven hundred and fifty words, roughly. But I found that at least for me, I'm I've gotten better at the nonfiction form, better at sort of um, establishing a world through my own eyes. Uh, and I found that I can definitely crank a, a lot more of of those out and feel pretty good and, and 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 proud of them, versus a lot of the sci-fi pieces that that I have tried and how they're always they always trend longer. Um, and I find that I there are a lot more pitfalls that I find myself stuck in when it comes to writing the uh, longer form fiction. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, it's definitely harder to, to handle. There's just a lot more parts to mess up in, basically. The more moving parts you have, the easier it is for something to break, right? Yeah, exactly. And and then also, like, uh, in the same boat, I used to have that, that same issue of um, 
just writing towards the the uh, genre and like not really writing about a lot of the themes and like and like concepts that I care of, about. Um, that was until I did take this sort of like non non fiction flash uh, this flash a- a- essay class to where through through that I am I am able to hop right right into these things that I've been really thinking about and like really really care about without having to establish a, a a world without having to do so much world 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 building I find that it's it's quicker at at least for for me to really get at the the meat and the heart of why I I, I write you know yeah for sure for sure um but yeah this was a good discussion that I'm I'm glad that just Dan asked the question mm-hmm definitely uh, but all right, uh, up next is by Ace of Sword with Spike Take Part Two. Uh, that's right. So in the first part, this is where that couple is in the helicopter ride, and uh, the the husband got in a superhero accident and now has a mouthful of mutant teeth. Um, and sort of that adventure goes on as they're trying to uh, turn um, the 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 mouthful of actually sorry shark teeth. Um, back into a normal mouth, right? And so then they, after taking it to a mad scientist last time, now they take it to a warlock, um, uh, and uh, the warlock changes it so now the mouth is just full of human teeth, except there's still just way too many of them, um, and they're not in the right places. And so basically we uh, leave off with it not working, and uh, they're gonna go home. They're gonna have to go somewhere else. Um, Corona Palencia uh, mentions in the comments something that I, I totally forgot about the, the first part is that they would have gone to the mad dentist the first time, but a broken jaw is not an interesting enough case for the mad dentist, right? So now <laughs> with a mouth just full of regenerating human teeth, um, he might take that case. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, this, this, this story, I, I had a really fun, fun time reading um, I, I I love how this how this main issue just keeps getting con- compounded and compounded, um, and I do love a lot of the slight world world building that is sprinkled throughout this uh, this fairly fun and more light hearted story, um, and yeah, I just I just love the um, running gag here of like having to go from from one from one expert to to the other how how this person can't can't uh, help you but you know this person will but they fuck up so then now you you have to take your twice fucked a fucked up mouth to a third person i think it's, it's just a like really nice running gag that um that really allows us to have fun with these with these uh characters come to understand them a a bit deeper while while also still having a solid through through line to a story that i would love to see how it how it ends up so overall mm-hmm. it's a really really great piece yeah uh, that's right who is next yep so the next story is by just stan 8460 with sarah and the wolves part four the hidey hole mm-hmm um, yeah, so here we have, uh, the, the chicken Sarah, we start with a flashback, uh, sort of getting to know, um, how it was back at the farm, um, but now there's this, uh, rooster approaching her home, and she's hidden herself inside of a hidey hole, um, I think to avoid being seduced, essentially, um, Ooh. but, uh, with the wolves about to show up, uh, she... He wants to shelter the the rooster, and she ends up opening the door, and he recognizes her. We have no idea where he's actually come from, um, but uh, he recognizes her just as the wolves are coming out of the forest. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this this part is um, a bit slower than the previous parts, but I think that it is well well placed within this this like wider story. We are leading up. We're leading back back up to another in, encounter, which I uh, which I really like, and I think that this story does perfectly con, uh, continue this sort of lighter, fun, fun tone that the previous ones had, while also still slowly building that um, tension, because uh, there is still s- still danger here. 
you know, even though um, Sarah seems to be falling deeper for this rule. So really, really great job. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's interesting here. We have this uh, rooster, and he's kind of described like, you know, very handsome for a rooster, uh-huh. right? He's young, and he seems like a nice guy, but I think it's clear that Sarah's not having any sort of uh, attraction, at least in the small bit that nah. we, we get of him. She wants that wolf. <laughs> That's right. Um, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. interested to see how this uh, confrontation turns out. Well, all right. Our last story for this week is by Walker by Faith with an easy mark. Yeah, so this is a cool story, too. We have uh, this character uh, sneakily listening in on some soccer mom's uh, conversation. And it kind of goes through as he's listening in that he really disdains them um, and that uh, he disdains them for just being, like, um, like wealthy but actually having, like, no class, essentially. Um and uh as he pays attention to the conversation we kind of like start disliking them too a little bit because they're just like kind of classist and stuff uh he sort of reveals to us that um he's listening for when these people are going to leave their houses so he can go and um steal from them while they're gone essentially uh but on the way out um he is recognized by the people, um, and so he has to call it off because if they've already recognized him, then it's a little bit um, riskier than it would be normally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I really do do like how this, uh, how the main character's perception of the world and these people really do paint the story that uh, we are getting. We can tell and really feel how. These two soccer moms are pretty vapid, um, pretty classist. Um, and it's almost as if the main character is look, is looking for any strand of, of a excuse they can use to really justify them just robbing these, these, uh, people blind. Um, which I like, I really like, and I like how. It doesn't seem like this this character ha- really has to do too many mental gymnastics to really do that. How they're very willing to just rob uh, these uh, people. So I so I like really did did like that that part. Um, and I think that that the ending was pretty comical, but also pretty pretty well justified for for this story. How even though this this um, person wants to catch a, a lick. They are smart uh, about it, and that they're not just doing it just just to do it. It seems that for them to want to cover their own ass, there has to be a deeper reason, possibly, as to why they are stealing. So, I mean, mm-hmm. overall, this is a really great um, piece by uh, by Walker by by Faith. If you choose to continue this, that would that would be great. But if, but if not, this this is a, a solid story so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I did find it interesting. There's a, a comment by Corona Palencia that talks about how they think that the, the narrator is deceiving themselves because they seem like a very lonely person. And that definitely did get me mm. thinking um, that, like, yeah, maybe they are just someone that sort of just goes out there and just listens to conversations. And this is sort of their self-justification for, for why. I mean, something that I did find interesting is that, you know, when I think about it, I don't think it's like that... Um, I think being recognized at a coffee shop is not really that much of a risk, right? For uh, for getting caught, right? Especially because like police are actually very incompetent IRL, right? True, um, true, yeah. <laughs> like like you know she gets robbed and then what she going to tell police? Oh, there's a person at a coffee shop sometimes. Like yeah, they're, they're not. I don't think they're going to do anything. I mean, maybe that's just like my perspective and. It, that that's not intentional at all but it makes me think yeah. of like oh yeah maybe like the narrator just kind of like any excuse to call it off is is good with them because they actually don't want to do it true i mean i i i see both of being very valid ways of like looking at this i, I see them choosing to to call it off by being like seen is somewhat valid um because like if they are at that coffee shop and if like the cops start start, start start you know asking, it seemed well he's at this uh, at this at this coffee shop every week. I can see how this character can be connected to this to this robbery. 
especially if they are spotted like at the at the uh, house. I can mm. see that, but but I also think that there is a lot of validity in the in the idea of this person just just liking to listen to to people and that them using this as a excuse is just you know so that they don't rob them but instead they just got to listen to how other people feel so i don't know like both both pieces are are uh, pretty valid and i think that this story does a great job at sort of keeping it open to where like this main main character could possibly be a unreliable uh, narrator in some senses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless, I, I just do like the uh, way that they're thinking about it the whole way through. Definitely an interesting thing. And it, you definitely get how much they just like dislike these people. Um mm-hmm. It's just like, a, yeah, a little bit mean about it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I hate North Face jackets so much. Uh, <laughs> me too. They're just, they're just so ugly and so expensive. I don't understand it. Yeah, At least, like, but they they last. I guess. Like, Uggs are, like, a little bit cute, actually, in my opinion. But North Face is just, like, I don't know. I also just, like, hate that texture, too, of the jackets. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Maybe it's just me. Um, I get it. I but... get it. It's like that, it's like that faux fluff. Yeah. Uh, but like I don't know that's not enough for me to like full on be disgusted with these people right um, mm-hmm. so yeah it's interesting why uh, he looks down on them so much yeah it is it is but uh, yeah thank you very much to Walker by Faith by for s- submitting this story and we would like to give a big old dude right there. thank you to everyone who did submit a story this week so thank you very much to Excalibur thank you so much to Ace of Sword Thank you to Corona Palentia. Thank you, Just Stand 8460. And thank you to Walker by Faith. And we would also, also like to say thank you to everyone who did leave comments. Leaving comments not only under your own story, but under someone else's can improve both you and them as writers. So, thank you very much to Just Stand 8460, Ace of Sword, Matt Said Words, Walker by Faith, um, and corona polentia thank you so much for leaving comments yeah just a wonderful wonderful discussion this week um if you would like mm-hmm. to be like all these wonderful writers and submit your story to do the right thing the best place to do that would be to go to slasher slash do the right thing set a 30 minute timer and use three of the four randomly generated words to be announced at the end of the podcast mm-hmm, exactly and if you want to support us and everything else happening in doof media you can do that by donating to the doof media patreon all you have to do is donate $10 or more per month to get access to all the exclusive bonus contents that are coming through news media. Uh, that's right. Um, if you haven't caught up with some of the other shows, consider doing so. Over on the Doofcast, uh, they covered season one of The Wheel of Time recently, which is sort of an up-and-coming show um, based off of um, Terry Pratchett's Wheel of Time series, obviously. And uh, they also covered the new Batman movie, which I heard very good things about. Um, so if you'd like to yeah listen to some discussion about that um i'm sure it's very very interesting um yeah um if you would like to um also see the words as soon as they come out um the best way to do that would be follow us on twitter at right thing cast the reason i mention that now is just because um we did have an announcement that we are switching to a monday release schedule permanently or at least Mm -hmm. until the end of the uh spring semester so normally our episodes come out on sundays (laughs) um um but uh yeah we'll be releasing these on on mondays now uh-huh and and of course thank you to not only my podcasting hosts um but also our community for understanding that that change i i know it's, it's definitely more so on, on on my part being busy uh monday through through monday um but yeah hopefully as soon as i get on the other end of this semester we'll be able to um maybe switch to a schedule that is better for 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 all of us but either way from from now on until further notice monday release dates is the way to go Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, thank you for <laughs> announcing it that way um yeah. <laughs> all right uh is all that we have left just uh, the words to announce yes so as you know um, this month's topic is tradition. So write your story about tradition, whether it, it is rebelling against tradition, whether it is 
showing the validity in a certain tradition or how traditions come about. Uh, and the words you'll be using for next week to write your fantastic stories are taxi, un unlike, trouser, and quest. These are fun. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so so a taxi is a sort of transportation um, where uh, someone will uh, take a vehicle to take one person to another, usually in a smaller area. So you have uh, cars, which are often called taxis, but you mm -hmm. also um, can have like a, in, in canals, I'm pretty sure the boats that go along like gondolas and stuff are also sometimes called taxis. Mm -hmm. um, also on the runway uh, of a... Um, uh, an airport when a airplane is being um taken from one place to another it gets pulled by a uh, vehicle that is called uh, a taxi i think i think that's right or something anyway whenever the 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 plane is just driving around rather than flying that's usually called taxiing i think um oh i didn't know that <laughs> yeah 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 I, I can't actually now i'm confused i'm not sure if it actually is with the the vehicle or not um but yeah if they um if they're going from the uh from the boarding area and they then taxi to the runway uh for them to take off yeah um hmm. okay the next cool. word is unlike which is to not like something um yeah well, interesting unlike rather than dislike though yeah so Wait, so, oh. so, uh, so 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 like unlike would be like a bowl is unlike right. a fork because yeah. yada, 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 yada. So yeah, I guess I, it's really focusing on the differences between things. Right. It's it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, it's just such a fundamental word, but um, mm -hmm. it is the, the comparative uh, definition of the word like, um, like as in uh, similes and, and, and such, rather than mm -hmm. like as in your affection towards something. Yes, yes. Yeah. So there are a lot of different applications for this word. I growing up I, I thought that, that this word was hyph was hyphenated, honestly. But interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, so unlike also you could like someone's post on Facebook and then unlike it. Unlike it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um last uh, the next word is trouser, which is another word for pants. Um, uh, also, a uh, you could have something in there called a trouser snake. Mm. Um, so that's a thing. That's um, nice. <laughs> that's all I can think of. Anything else? I uh, no. You should put your trousers on two two legs at a time. Two legs at a time out of four. Mm -hmm. The next and last word is quest, which is um, to undertake a task. Um, yeah, you can also journey. use it. Yeah, or a journey. You can also take it as um, the root of question. Mm -hmm. um, a, a quest line. Yeah, um, that's right. Uh, anything else? I think that that's all I got. It, I think that's yeah, it. It's a quest. Okay, Jarvis, real quick. What is your teeny tiny, itty meeny, uh, little tiny baby story? Yeah, so my so my story follows uh, Winston Ch Churchill, um, okay. and he he is a taxi driver who uh, picked up a a, a billion dollar baby who gave them the quest of uh, driving them from San Antonio, Texas to Las Vegas, Nevada. Mm -hmm. Um, the, and the uh, and the taxi driver wasn't really too keen on it, but then the then the uh, but then the million dollar baby pulled a million dollars out of uh, out of their trouser, and he was wow. like, "Damn, that's a whole ass milli. I'll do anything for you." And then over and then over the 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 course of this sort of like buddy comedy road road trip movie, um, mm -hmm. they uh, they grow to become best best friends, even though one is unlike the other. Wow, that's incredible! Really heartwarming. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, Thank you. What What about you? What is your uh, major motion picture story? Yeah, well, my teeny tiny story is very literal. It's actually about a world full of uh, mice, right? And so there's this one mouse on a quest, uh, and he has to go somewhere 
really far away and he goes on this adventure and it encounters a giant a human that it's actually like from our world and it's just like in the world of the mice and there's no other humans it's just this one but it's a giant um and um at first like they're scared of each other because they're scared of mice uh but then they mm-hmm. become friends and um the human uh puts the mouse in their trousers and then taxis them around and they're just like a big they're a big taxi and um then unlike um uh the mice in our world uh the ones in that world are radioactive and then the uh human gets cancer from the radiation and dies no teenage mutant ninja mice (laughs) yep that's a good one jarvis thank you you're welcome thank you yeah you should do the right thing and give me a bunch of those a bunch of teenage mutant ninja mice? Yes, that's what I meant. Yes. Okay.